I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we have sound troubles, but we still do the podcast because that's the kind of people we are. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. And with me this week is my fantastic co-host, who you can hear. And I am really relieved about that. Anne Stickney. Anne, how are you right now? Well, they couldn't hear me for a second there because I had myself muted while you did the intro. But regardless, I'm doing good now that everything is functioning properly. (laughs) I remembered another thing I've been doing when you asked me on the pre-show what have I been doing. I remembered yeah. the other thing I've been doing is preparing for the Dungeons & Dragons game we're going to be playing tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Because I I have to run that, so I need to actually have things for you all we to do. We haven't like, gained and any levels or anything, have we? I don't think we have. I, I think you should be at like three or four. I think I was at 100%. level four the last time. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at it. You should still be there. What you time are we starting tomorrow? Uh, 2.30 server, which is like one thirty our time. Okay, so 2.30 central. Yeah, 2.30 okay. central. All right, all right. So, yeah, um, and we will be streaming that, folks. So if you want to tune in, you should totally tune in. Um, and yeah. that's for the people that are listening to this live and also for the people on Patreon because everybody else is going to hear this on Monday. And when you hear this on Monday, we'll have already done the thing. And it's going to be released... Actually, I think we'll go ahead and release that one on Tuesday because we're doing this show on Monday and Lore Watch is going to be on Wednesday. So we might as well do the D&D on Tuesday. So you'll have three days in a row of podcast stuff to listen to. Go for it. Yeah. I, and you'll get to hear me DMing, which is always interesting because I vary between calm, collected, and oh God, oh God, it's all in fire. Why did I ever let Mitch play? Oh God, it's on fire. Let's see and, if and we... Sometimes kill mitch's character this time well he, he, won't, he won't be there i know that's great so, so I'm, i don't want to murder his character while he's not there that's just you know it's not cool for a couple reasons including that he won't get to experience it yeah true uh, but so yeah, we, so yeah no we are we will not be killing mitch's character while he's away we're just going to be frowning at it a lot probably but yeah well you're Sorry gonna have about... to have you're gonna you're gonna if i if i remember to do it you'll have me 
pretending to be Mitch, pretending to be Mitch's character. Yeah. So that should be interesting. Sorry about the whole lack of D&D in the month of, of October, folks. We just, with BlizzCon coming up and everything, there was not a good time. So this is the first yeah. time we've had like a good time to do it. Yay. I, I, had to, I had to fly to California, so there was no way it was going to yeah. happen that weekend. No, so. that, it's just, no, it just didn't happen that's okay though so we're gonna be uh we'll be streaming that tomorrow it will be out on rss feeds and everything like that the podcast version of it will be out on tuesday just in case people are wondering when that's going to appear now that we've talked about you know thing we're gonna do that's cool let's talk about those things blizzard are doing some of which are cool some of which are not like i said earlier one of the reasons that i'm streaming if you're watching me stream this live uh, one of the reasons I'm streaming from the PTR is so that we could talk about the transmog changes. Yes. Um, they, they've put in, if you were watching BlizzCon, one of the big surprises of the of the world and lore panel, the Q&A, was that they said, yeah, we're going to totally let you transmog the legendaries. And they've already implemented this. Uh, my character on the stream has got two Shadowmorns right now. It's not and, going to be in Shadowlands. It's going to be in patch 8.3. Yep. As soon as 8.3 drops, you will be able to do this. And I've been I've been playing around with it all morning. The other transmog restrictions are still in place. So if you have a Thunder Fury and you want to transmog that, it has to be the things that sword one hand swords transmog to. So you can't transmog Thunder Fury over a two hander, which I think is ridiculous because Thunder Fury is bigger than almost every two hander. As an so assassination rogue, I'm already disappointed, probably. Yeah. Because um, as an assassination rogue, you get one dagger you could transmog to with your legendary because daggers can only be daggers. Yeah, except that my rogue has, let's see, the daggers, yes, has both war glaives, has the bow, which I understand we can't do the bow, that kind of thing. Also has Thunder Fury. I have like every legendary that it's possible for my rogue to equip and I'm going to be able to transmog one of them. Um, yeah, it is kind of sad. And the one that she can transmog is daggers. Which, I mean, they're really cool daggers, but they're still daggers. They're not that cool if they don't pop the wings, and they're not going to pop the wings because they don't appear to do, like, proc effects and things like that. That I totally get, because you aren't technically yeah. wearing those weapons, so you don't have a way to proc the proc effect. What I wish mm -hmm. that they would do is I wish that they would take that proc effect and apply it to the transmog of that weapon as just, like, a visual effect an occasional visual effect like occasionally yeah, like, the little wings will pop out or occasionally you know i don't know what shadowmorn does shadowmorn does a really big uh aoe spell effect it's like a big swirling purple thing yeah it and would be it cool if it, a certain point it would be cool if it just popped that visual effect every now and again you know what i mean oh yeah i totally agree um but for, i'm just really happy to finally have that transmog um I will say, too, one of the other things that's interesting about this is that it was something people were asking for forever, and people would speculate as to why Blizzard said no, but Blizzard always said up front, we just, you know, we want these weapons to stay cool and distinct. And at Blizzard Con, BlizzCon, they were, they were like, our argument for the longest time was that we wanted to keep these weapons cool and visually distinct, but there's a lot of really cool models out there now, and we don't think people are going to always just use their legendary when there's artifacts and special artifact skins and certain, you know, really cool drops over the years at the point at this point, it feels like, yeah, the legendaries are cool, but they're not so cool. They're going to overwhelm every look. And I kind of agree because I'm looking at Shadowmore here and Shadowmore's really cool, but is it so cool that I'm never going to want to use my artifacts again? I will say for the record that 
if they make it so that I can actually transmog those warglaves that I worked really hard to get, I will probably be kicking around with warglaves for forever, <laughs> just because they're really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can kind of see that, but as a warrior, I can't really use the warglaves. I could only use one of them to tank. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no single-minded fury anymore. Oh, by the way, Blizzard, bring back single-minded fury. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, but since that's As not, an aside. <laughs> yeah. Since that's not the case at this moment, I can't really use them anyway, so I'm not too... And even then, I don't think I'd use Warglaze forever, because quite frankly, one of my favorite models is still Ashkandi, and it's never going to get replaced. Ashkandi is still up near the top of my favorite models. So, I'm, I mean, I love being able to use Shadowmorn here, and I, I love being able to use Sulf, and I'll use Sulf quite frequently, <laughs> but... There's no way I'm not going to switch back say, to Ashkandi. I will back away from that, actually. I won't I won't say that I would use the Warglaves all the time, because my main character is on a role-playing server, so I like to give her cohesive outfits and create looks for her, that kind of thing. And more often than not, that includes making her daggers something that's like really inconspicuous and small, that looks pretty, sure, but it's not like overwhelming in your face glowing that kind of thing it's just a pair of daggers so I wouldn't be doing the warglaves all the time but I would definitely create a few looks that were specifically for those warglaves because they're so cool and this is all contingent upon them letting me transmog something besides a dagger on top of a dagger um we can all dream can't we now I, I will say that, yes, I am being kind of a Debbie Downer about this. And the only reason I'm being a Debbie Downer about this is because I've been continually unhappy with the weapon transmog situation for assassination rogues in particular and subtlety too. Cause I think subtlety is also limited to daggers only. Um, and that's just part of the class. And I get that, that that's part of the class gameplay that you can only equip daggers or whatever. Cool. I get that. That's fine. But I would like to be able to transmog something besides daggers on top of it, just because there are a bunch of weapons in my wardrobe that I worked really hard to get back when I was playing combat or when I was playing. You know, they talk about all this stuff at BlizzCon about walking back from so much like spec identity and back into class identity. If you want to go back into class identity, then you should let us transmog anything that a rogue can equip. And with warriors, I, it should be anything a warrior can equip. I don't disagree. Uh, if I wasn't chiming in to agree with you more vocally, because I was transmogging the double sulfurus. Just to show that <laughs> off. That's if you are watching the stream. That's double sulfurus, as you can see. And you'll notice the model actually, in some ways, is kind of not great. No, um, because it's one it's of the earliest. As... It was the first legendary, really. Yeah, this and Thunder Fury were neck and neck. I'd say this is slightly earlier. This one Thunder came Fury out had. before Thunder Fury did, because Thunder yeah. Fury took that big old long quest chain thing, and people had to yeah. get like the bindings, and it was. And whereas this one was, you farmed up Crafting the ingots. Yeah, yeah, you had to get the ingots and things like that for it. Um, I know that with my guild, we had almost all of the ingots needed, and we ended up trading with another guild that had a bunch of ingots to get all. To get the last few that we needed, we traded a bunch of flasks and potions and a whole bunch of like just raiding supplies for those ingots because they had nowhere near what they needed and they were still just a little guild. So we gave them the materials to like boost them up a little bit, you know, fire resist potions, that kind of thing. Um, and that's how we got Sulfurus. And I don't think anybody in our guild got Thunder Fury until like we were in Blackwing Lair. Yeah, I think we, our first Thunder Fury was um, 
the ZG and hadn't come out yet. Yeah. We got our first Thunder Fury, and like like I think a two week or two after ZG came out, so our main tank went to ZG with Thunder Fury and just absolutely wrecked <laughs> things' faces. Qualin in the uh, chat remember... channel. Wait, hold up. Qualin in the chat channel just said something good, so I needed quota here. He said the dagger transmog rules are assassinine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that's this has been the show, guys. Thank you very much for being here. That's it. We're I'm, done. I'm host. Yeah. <laughs> not going to top that, so I don't see any reason. That was really good. <laughs> anyway, go but, ahead. Yeah, all I was going to say was all I was going to say before we move on to another topic is that when I got, I remember when I got myself, and I've told the story about it, but we had actually had ingots because we we had been clearing molten core pretty much since since it opened like back when you had you could actually take a 40 person raid through uh blackrock depths to get to the entrance to molten core that's when we started doing it we were doing molten core so early that i had pieces of gear that got changed when they did the molten core revamp and and brought in all the new models i had the original obsidian edge blade the one that looks just like the the tusker sword but was black with a red edge yeah i had that i had um, the pair, I had the piece of wrath that he dropped that was like, didn't look right because they hadn't put a model on it yet. I had those pants because that's how yeah. much we were farming that. So when, when we finally got the self, we, we had had, we actually got self after Thunder Fury because he didn't just, he just wasn't dropping the eye. Oh, gotcha. Like, we had a lot of people with pieces of the bindings. I think we had like five rogues and two warriors and i think even one paladin but although they couldn't use it i think it was warrior i think hunter. we had one warrior who had the binding and it was like one warrior and that second binding just didn't it didn't drop for us until we were in blackwing lair next story on our agenda the next thing i want to talk about really fast is the fact that if you've been wondering when diablo 3 was going to have its 19th season the answer is today if you're listening to us live and if you listen to us monday the answer was friday so right it's now up. Diablo... it's going it's it's yep. going to be fun it's pandemonium <laughs> yep. it's the season 19 uh it's the season of the eternal conflict and the pandemonium buff should be live and that's pretty cool uh if you don't know what the season buff is it's basically a kill streak buff and it ends up what ends up happening is as you kill more and more stuff and your kill streak gets higher and higher, uh, that you have a stacking buff that can stack I think up to like a hundred times if not more. Actually, doesn't it? Yeah, busts to a thousand. It stacks to a thousand, and it every... stacks to a thousand, and nobody knows what happens when you reach that high because I think they just yeah. listed it as a big question mark. <laughs> yeah, there's there's buffs that happen at like at like fifty, a hundred, two hundred, four hundred, and so forth. Um, I've gone through them before. I'm not, I don't have them in front of me right now, and I don't think. Go ahead and do it at this point. It'll by the time you hear this, it'll be out, and you can go play with it yourself. But one of the things that's really cool about it is, in addition to those random buffs, like stuff rains from the sky, or your enemies all explode, or frozen death, you know, erupts from you, stuff like that. Um, in addition to all that kind of weird stuff, the, these also the just straight up stacking buff that adds like 005 percent movement and 0.01% it's 0.005 and 0.01% damage and it stacks up to a thousand times so you can have a full 100% damage buff if you get it up to 100 you know i mean if you if you stack the buff enough times it's really substantial but you, you in order to stack it you have to just keep killing and killing and killing and killing which makes it i think the most pure distillation of diablo 3 that i've ever heard in my life um yeah because like... it's this is the season of killing demons yeah, basically. And 
that's what this buff does. This buff is literally just go murder stuff. Don't worry about it. I appreciate that on on so many levels because that's why I like playing Diablo 3, really. Yeah, it's and just, that's, that's, if yeah, I need exactly. a stress reliever, I'll go smush some demons in the face and call it good. And this this seems like a season that's just tailored to when I need a stress reliever. I'm amazed that it took them this long to come up with a kill streak buff. Um, they've been they've been trying around themed stuff for a while. Last season, season 18's theme was interesting, the Triune buff. The problem with it was because it put circles on the ground that you had to stand in to get those buffs. It ended up being kind of like one of those things where it, it encouraged you to play like a turret and just go stand in the buff and just you know when the when the buff is cast, you're canceling your you know attacks and running over to get to it. And it's this one because it was the buff kind is, of like. Um backwards from how you usually play yeah and with them doing it this way i think it's interesting it's a really novel approach to you know this kind of theme season buff i'm interested to see what they do next uh because season 20 is absolutely going to happen guys there's no way we're getting diablo 4 next year that is not going to happen um if we get it by 2021 no, I, I will be surprised i was figuring honestly i was figuring the earliest that we would see diablo 4 would be like fourth quarter 2021 yeah i'm actually going to segue into like one of the other stories yeah which that david kim who is the lead systems designer for diablo 4 did an interesting post uh this week basically laying out what they're doing what their what their approach to systems design is and what they're uh, thinking about doing yeah and what they haven't done yet uh, one of the things i thought was really fascinating in this and i don't know you you've read it too yeah. Um, the part where he basically comes right out and says, we don't know what we're going to do about about experience systems. We don't know if we're going to have infinite or finite or both or and how they're going to work. We don't know yet. And I thought that was really interesting because the Paragon, I thought Paragon experience and Paragon levels was a no-brainer import into Diablo 4. Yeah, and but now, not necessarily. You yeah, know. exactly, exactly. He's saying straight up, we don't know if we're going to do that. And if we do it, there are very different ways we can do it. You know, We can basically make the finite experience parts, the, the, the level capped stuff, so much more rewarding than the infinite stuff that the infinite stuff will never catch up. And that's fascinating to think about. Like, at what point do, is well, it Well, yeah, because, it, it, you know, if there's, if there's a finite end to the whole thing... Like, if there's an end to that whole level progression thing, then whatever you get at the end is going to be fantastic, right? Well, that's the other thing, too. Did you, did you read the part where he's talking about how items are going to be slightly less of a priority? Yeah, um, so that not, was also kind of interesting. That, yeah, I thought that was really, really cool because they talked about how you're still going to want items. You're still going to, items are still going to be a source of power. But you're going to get, you know, a lot more power from leveling and from getting new skills and from getting new talents. And that's kind of harkens back to Diablo 2. And it's yeah. also kind of its own thing. It's it's new. It's a new approach. I'm, I want to see how they do it, but I'm very interested. What, it's what a little different to me because, like, to me, part of that appeal of Diablo, like, part of that appeal is, number one, smashing the demons in the face. Because that's super fun in and of itself. The other part of that appeal is watching them explode into piles of things that you then pick up that's pretty cool too. So if objects and items aren't going to be as much of a thing, does that mean that that part of the whole visceral appeal of 
a Diablo title is going away or does it just mean that they're going to be weighted differently and maybe they won't be as important but you'll still get you know your exploding piles of stuff I, I definitely think they're still going to be important. Uh, one of the things that they, he made a, a point of mentioning that I thought was really fascinating was the idea that they're going to tweak legendary powers so that they're stronger than anything else, yeah. but they're not so much stronger that you ignore everything else. Like, you're going to have affixes, and the affixes are probably, like, a legendary power is probably worth two to three affixes on gear. So if you have a legendary hammer that's, you know, got, like, an affix and a legendary power... And then you have a, a regular hammer that's got five affixes, which isn't going to happen, but I'm just saying. But still, yeah. you'd want the five affixes. Yeah, you'd want that over the legendary and one affix, because aff- the legendary power is worth three affixes. So yeah. you're looking at four affixes versus five affixes. And that's an interesting way to look at the relative power of items. And it's they also talked about ancient items and how they don't really know how they want to implement ancients yet. That the feedback they've gotten was that ancients weren't working the way they wanted them to? Uh, they're okay, but they weren't... I mean, we mentioned it when they were doing that whole season with the ancients and things like that, was that there was a lot of situations where it was like, you just didn't want the ancients because what you had was already so good that there wasn't any way you could justify ditching it for an ancient yeah. anything. Yeah, especially with item sets, which is another thing they're yeah. tweaking. Item sets are going to be a lot less prevalent in this expansion, in this game. They're not going to be as many and they're not going to be like defining the way they are in Diablo 3. In Diablo 3 you get a legendary set. Like if you get your item set, you might stick with that set forever. That might control your build because you just don't have enough pieces of anything else right. to make switching away from it. And they, they that's even been the meta a couple of seasons now. They've taken that set bonus that allowed you to do like exactly what I was talking about with ancient legendaries and red legendaries. That's been something they've been playing around with in Diablo 3. So it's something they know is kind of class and spec defining that they're trying to to tweak and figure out how they want it to work in Diablo. Yeah, because they so. don't want to. They don't want Diablo Four to be the same. Re- it, they don't want it to be a repeat of the same thing as Diablo Three. They want it to be an entirely new, interesting, entertaining animal. And I totally get that too. Like I get that. It's just that to me, the core part, the core appeal of Diablo has always been smush the demons into a fine paste, usually accompanied by sprays of gore because that's just how Diablo works and watching things explode into piles of loot. As long as those two things are included, then it's a Diablo game to me. But when they start messing with those things, that's when I get a little bit, you know. Um, The thing that kind of surprised me, though, was that you know, you got the general impression from from his talk here that, yeah, they're still early, early development. They aren't anywhere near release yet. And the reason it's kind of surprising to me is because from all of the gameplay footage and everything else that they were showing off at BlizzCon, that game looks really good. And I know you played it. Did it feel like it was a finished game or like that section, that little tiny section that you were playing? Did it feel polished or? Um, it, it felt extremely polished. I mean, I've never played a Blizzard game that didn't like for that matter. I'm going to just say this because people have, have called me to task on it when i played shadowlands i didn't get any bugs save that the sound didn't work on on my computer and i got the sense that was my computer because i've i've had recent experience with sound not working on a computer um but in terms of the play of diablo 4 at blizzcon no it was rock solid i felt the thing is is there was a lot of stuff that you couldn't do 
that you would normally be able to do, like change your talents, change your skills, move your skills around. Elective mode wasn't active yet. And we know UI element stuff. Yeah. Basically a lot of stuff like that. And plus it was a fairly short run. I mean, some people got to, got to play a a bigger demo than I did, but I only got 10 minutes in there. And I, I mean, granted I went back five times, but I only got 10 minutes at a time. And there really wasn't much more to do than run around this one section, do all the open world stuff and then do that one mini dungeon. That's so that could be the only polished section that they've got so far. Yeah, maybe, or maybe they just, you know, straight up, they had this ready to go as a proof of concept, and now they're working on the whole game. I, there's okay. a lot to a big game like this. Like, And the other thing is, it was level 20. I was on there at level 20. That's a, you know, what is level 1 like? What does yeah. like, it feel like to level in this game? I have no idea yet, and I don't think they know yet entirely how they want the leveling to feel. Right. But um, okay. as much as I could talk about this literally all week, there there is another story. And this one, I'm going to hop out of Diablo because we've been talking a lot of Diablo. Um, if you're playing in, in World of Warcraft right now, if you're playing in uh, in Battle for Azeroth, there's a particular mount, the uh, the the Brutusaur mount that has an auction house like vendor AKA on the, the Long Boy. The Long Boy. Um, this is not a mount I have nor ever expected to get. It's nope. like something like 5 million gold. It is 5 so, million gold to purchase. And even me with all of the gold that I have, I am nowhere near that. And I know I'm not going to sit I there know, and grind out 5 million gold. <laughs> I know people who, who have it, but I oh, yeah. only know a few of them. The Longboy mount, uh, or whatever you would like to call it, uh, it, one of the things about it that's really kind of sad to me is they've recently announced that it's going away uh, at the end of this expansion. When when Shadowlands comes in, you will no longer be able to buy this mount. Now, they won't take it from you if you already have it. So if you've bought the mount and you're using it, the auctioneer and all that stuff, that's staying for you. And but you get a feat of strength for it, even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after that, the only way to get it will be to get lucky on the, the, the black market auction house because it will be moving over to there. So you still will kind of be able to get it uh, in that it will now be an auction house, you know, black market auction house mount. So if it comes up and if you win the bid, you could get it. But it's not going to be just I have five million gold burning a hole in my pocket and there's this guy I can buy it from. That's no longer the case. They'll still sell everything else they currently sell, but they will not sell this mount. And I honestly, I, I can't even critique this decision. Because I don't understand this decision. I don't get it. You can still yeah. go purchase the one million gold spider over in Legion. You can do it. Now, mind you, the spider in Legion doesn't have a mobile auction house on it. But at the same time, yeah, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. The one million, the one million gold spider basically just triggers people's arachnophobia. So you never get to ride it if you have any friends who have arachnophobia. And since I have friends who have arachnophobia, I never bought that mount because. What am I going to do? You know, I'm not going to trigger people's arachnophobia just because I spent a million gold. But so, I mean, if you're taking out mounts that were pricey gold sinks, I mean, I've still got my yak and you can still go buy the yak right now. And the yak has a transmog vendor on it. They haven't taken that out. Why? 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 Like, seriously, I don't get it. Like, sure, we're going to have more money and it's going to get easier to get this mount. But is that really a problem? I can't imagine a time where if like six million gold is always going to be a pretty big chunk of gold. Like Here is my theory. While we are in the Maw, 
it has been stated that we will not have any rested areas. There won't be any inns. There won't be any cities. We're going to be in there fighting for our lives, right? So they don't want us to have, like, they don't want to give us access to the auction house because that would be make things a little more comfortable. I guess, but people who bought the thing are still going to have that, so... Yeah, and that's the and part I'm, I'm kind of like, hmm. My thing here is, I'm just going to say this right now in case anybody from Blizzard is listening... Okay, if you don't want us to have an auctioneer on a mount, that's cool. Put in a Brutusaur mount that doesn't have one. If you make it a little smaller if you want to, because quite frankly, the Brutusaur is also a lot too big for me to ever want to ride it anywhere. But put in a baby Brutusaur mount for all I care. But Put in don't... a single person riding Brutusaur mount. You don't have to even put in the triple. Like, just yeah. put in a single person one, you know? Yes, I, I would... I. That's one of the things that made me sad about this. I don't care about the auction house aspect of it. I never did. But it, it's it's a dinosaur. There are not enough dinosaur mounts, guys. And and you got a really cool one. Like, this is the coolest one ever. I remember when I saw it and I was like, <gasps> and they're like, it's five million gold. And I was like, oh, well, that's not happening. But, you know. <laughs> and then all of the air that you had just taken in was let out in a long suffering sigh. Yes. Yeah. It's literally I had like... the same reaction. <laughs> If you ever saw that Futurama episode, hopes raised and expertly dashed, sir. Very much like that. I was like, oh, okay. But to take it out now, like, again, if if there's a reason like what Anne speculated, that's fine. I am totally okay with you getting rid if of that auction house. Th- I figure it's either that or it's just they want to make sure that the auction house has, like, some degree of scarcity or they want to make sure that... The people that bought it and blew their... Or maybe they just really want a a gold sink and this is the best way to make one by making one that's like time-gated or limited. Or they just want some new and really cool things to go on the black market auction house so that there's cool and new things on the black market auction house. And I totally get that too because guess what? When it goes on the black market auction house, how high does that go? No idea. Price-wise. It goes up to like a million gold. I think that's it. So you could actually get yourself a deal if you could, like, get one on the black market auction house, if I'm remembering amounts correctly. Well, keep in I... mind they're also changing the auction house. Or wait. No, I think it goes up to 9,999,000. I think it goes nine, like all nines, and it's like 9 million. Wait, never mind. I take, I retract what I just said. Um but well, yeah. you still could get lucky if you, you know, doesn't it doesn't mean because it can go to the high doesn't mean it automatically will. Yeah, but it will. Uh, you know that it will. Yeah. For a while, yeah, well. for quite some time, it will. And, and yeah. the thing is, is like, I get it. It, it. It's a really useful mount. It's a triple seater. It's a triple seater mount with an auction house on it. Totally get it. So I, I understand that. But like, oh, okay. Black market auction house goes up to the gold cap, so it could cost two times what it does now. Yeah, that's what I figured, was it was 9990000 I don't know why I thought it was $1 million. Anyway, I've got over $1 million right now. I, I still don't have anywhere near what it takes to get that Brutusaur um, cranky tank in the chat channel specified. Anyway, uh... Hey, Matt. But yeah, it, it, it's just, for me, I don't know. I guess I just don't get it. And and I wish that they had like a smaller version of the dude because I think it's a really cool model. I think it's a really unique and interesting model. And I was frankly a little bit disappointed when the Zandalar mounts didn't include one of those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of other cool mounts. Um, Now, I mean, there's, 
I will I will say, you know, to add to that, of course, obviously the Alliance didn't exactly have the best run of mounts in Battle for Azeroth, a.k.a. Horsegeddon, because all we got was horse, so many horses. Now, mind you, I love horses, so I was really happy with all the horse mounts, but there were some people that were kind of disgruntled about it, and, you know, I get that too. But it would be cool if we just had like one bird, just one, just one. Come on, guys, just one. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the thing that, that, you know, there's just, there's only one way to get a Brutusar mount and you're taking it out. And that feels kind of bad. That's just my thing on it. But like I said, if it, for the purposes of controlling the auction house or whatever, or because you want to change gold sinks up or whatever you're doing, that doesn't concern me. I'm just concerned because I won't be able to get a Brutusar mount. That's my take on it. But uh, while we're here and talking about stuff that got taken out and so forth, the last story we've got listed here um, is kind of a weird one. Because uh, this past week or so, I think it was two weeks ago now, but the uh, Path of Exile, I don't know if you guys know what Path of Exile is, but it's effectively, it's an action RPG. It's a pretty close descendant of Diablo 2. It's very similar to Diablo 2, yeah. Yeah. It's like a spiritual successor. Yeah, and they had a con uh, called Path of Exile Con. Uh, it's just called Exile Con, but you know, it's it, they they have a con for their game, and they announced Path of Exile too. One of the things they had was they had the the, the original Blizzard North developers were there uh, talking about Diablo and Diablo Two, and one of the things that they talked about, and it was it's interesting because it was pretty much it was uh, David Brevik and both Max and Eric Schaefer, uh, who were all working at Condor before Condor even got bought by Blizzard. Yeah. So. These are, the, about, these are the fathers of Diablo, pretty much. Yeah. And one of the things they talked about was that we almost didn't get Diablo at all. Like, to the point where they were on the verge of, like, economic destruction. They, were, they hadn't paid their payroll taxes, um, the, like, the, the week of the, Dia- the, the Blizzard deal, where Blizzard effectively scooped them up. And, and they were like, we had three days to pay before we go into jail because we didn't pay our payroll taxes properly. I'm like, Yikes. Um, so that right there, Diablo almost didn't exist. And then when they were making Diablo two, and again, this is from them and you can debate whether or not this sounds like it can work to you. Cause a lot of people have commented saying that can't be, but according <laughs> to the, according to the Schaefer brothers, the, in, when they were developing Diablo two, the entire backup of the game source code and assets was lost. Yep. All of it, all of their, their code, all of their assets, irrevocably fatally corrupted according to Matt Schaefer. <laughs> and that means the only reason we've got Diablo 2 right now is because there were playable versions of the game that they'd taken home to test it out. And they went back and grabbed them. They basically at one point took the hard drive out of one of their computers and brought it to work and just reverse engineered everything from that version of the game. <laughs> so, and, and one of the things David Brevik even said was that people will, will, will say, no, that's not how software design works, but that's not how it works now. That's how it worked back then when you were like, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. yeah. So um, David Brevik has been saying for years not to get too excited about the concept of a Diablo 2 remake. Yeah. Back in 2017, he was like saying, no, guys, you don't know how hard this is and how, how much work it is. And one of the reasons for that is because literally everything is gone. Yeah. Like, and a lot of people pointed out, but they did an expansion, so they must have something. They they obviously had something that they cashed back together, but it's not the full annotated, saved, resaved, triple documented, this is where everything is version of the game that they had. It's a, 
oh god what do we do i need something on a disc please cobble this together (laughs) yeah so there's diablo 2 exists and so does lord of destruction but all that work and all those resources that were put into developing it gone and that's one of the reasons why if they do do a diablo 2 remaster it's going to basically be not really a remaster it's actually going to be we just made the game again because that's how they had to get it out in the first place was they sat down with a version of the game and essentially stole it from itself. Yeah. And that just, I was reading this going, Oh my God. It's kind of mind boggling to think about. And I mean, this is not the first time that I've heard that kind of a story where something was almost just like irrevocably gone and with no point of return. I mean, look at classic classic was almost not a thing because they just didn't have the code for it anymore and the whole reason it came back was because somebody found in a storage shed with some other stuff that they were looking for a copy of the code for patch 1.12 and that's how classic came to be was because somebody actually found a working piece of code for the game yeah, but it- as, and and think about this, how much work Diablo, I mean, WoW Classic was a lot of work, Yeah. but at least it was a lot of work with the code. With the code that was actually like intended and coded. And keep in mind, again, yeah. it was patch 1.12. It wasn't the initial first, first iteration of the game, but it was still, it was working code. And the fact that they had to cobble together the entirety of Diablo 2 on like not genuine, that just... It blows my mind to think about because Diablo got 2 it, was like a classic. And they got it working on both PC and Mac, which means they had probably had it on both PCs and Macs to copy it from. Yeah. So that's the only like, but think about what gaming would be like had Diablo 2 been delayed or didn't happen at all. What, Path of like, Exile wouldn't that. even exist, probably. <laughs> would Blizzard still exist? Blizzard if they would probably that... still exist because they were working on StarCraft at the time, too. And and StarCraft yeah. was just as big, but yeah, it would but... look very, very different than it does that, right now. That kind of failure at that point to say, okay, we don't have Diablo 2 after all, and we're going to have to go back to the drawing board here. Imagine having to do that, delaying the game by a year or two. I mean, yeah, Blizzard would still be here, but man, things would be different. The face, the face of gaming, like games, that particular genre and style of game was almost defined by Diablo and Diablo 2. So if Diablo 2 weren't there, you're talking about an entire genre of games that would look very different if it even existed at all. Yeah, that's just every time I think about that, I get chills. It's yeah, so, yeah. I'm like, ooh, goosebumpy. <laughs> But yeah, that that's pretty much it, I think, for news. For mm-hmm. I mean, there's more stuff, but I mean, it's a lot of it is stuff like you know, here's all the stuff we know about Shadowlands, and that's really great. But it's not brand new. They haven't done a lot of really big news announcements for it. They kind of no. Let it and we are approaching the holidays here, and as we approach the holidays, news is going to slow down a little bit just because um the folks over at Blizzard are taking their rightful holiday vacations and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. so. We're not going to have a ton of stuff to talk about, which means that it's a really good opportunity for you guys to get your emails in, and I'll bet you you have more information about that. Yep. Uh, I was going to say, if you guys have emails for the show, please send them to either podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. 
And also, uh, you can go to our Discord, and we've got a patron Q and podcast channel. So if you're a patron, you can go in there and you can ask questions, and we'll put them right here on the show. Um, right now, Anne's going to start reading them for us, so if you don't mind taking it. Of course, having said that, that means that we're going to get like a big old PTR dump or something over the weekend or next week, right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> because that's just how... This, this sort of thing works and, and I have just cursed us to um, a lot of information which is okay you can still email us anyway we'll get to it anyway so our first email is from Sivus of Dethicus who says greetings watchers when we're told the Lich King drew his power from Maldraxxus I can't imagine they were okay with it wouldn't the entire idea of a completely undead world as Arthas imagined throw the Shadowlands off no new life no new souls no more anima thoughts Sivus of Dethicus what do you think uh, I think he's got a point, um, quite frankly, but it is interesting. But then again, Arthas's plans didn't seem particularly oriented towards what the Shadowlands would think of them. Uh, just he, he seemed pretty comfortable with his focus on the world of the living. He, he, we don't even know how much Arthas knew about the Shadowlands or how much Ner'zhul knew about the Shadowlands. It's, that's something to consider. It's, I just find it interesting that, like... When Ner'zhul got to Azeroth and everything, the first thought that Ner'zhul, or a.k.a. the Lich King, had was not, oh, I'm going to conquer this world. It was, I need to get away from the Burning Legion. And he figured out a way, masterminded a way to do just that by, you know, pulling in Arthas and getting Arthas to shatter the Frozen Throne, take on the helm, all of that other stuff. But then once that was accomplished, of course, Arthas had his own agenda. And that agenda didn't really involve the Shadowlands at all, I don't think. I don't think it was even a consideration for him. From the impression that I got from the Ar- Arthas novel was that he and Ner'zhul, despite being two spirits that were inhabiting the same hat, and you know, the longer I talk about this, the more ridiculous it sounds, but regardless, that's exactly, that's pretty much what happened there, right? It was two spirits in a hat, and they didn't really exactly get along. Arthas wanted to be the dominating spirit. Ner'zhul wasn't really terribly cool with that, but he didn't exactly have a choice in the matter either. And in the novel Arthas, by the end of the novel, Arthas was such a force, a formidable force in that helm, that Ner'zhul was all but banished away, really, by the end of it. So, I don't know. I don't think that Arthas was even like thinking about the Shadowlands. It doesn't seem like it, and one of the reasons that you can say that is he, he, the whole Matthias uh, Matthias Lin here. I can't remember the name of the of the learner Matthias Lerner. Yeah, Matthias Lerner. The Matthias Lerner character is definitely very much focusing about his mortal life. It's it was his mortal life. In a way, Arthas comes out very, very much like a revenant or an, a vengeful ghost. He it's was always focused. He was always focused on that mortal life. And even like when you do the Shadowmourne quest and you get to the end of it and you get Jaina's music box and you take it to her, or not the music box, but uh, Jaina's locket, you, you take you take mm-hmm. that to her and she says there was part of him still there. No, it wasn't necessarily that there was part of him still there. It was just that was another aspect of Arthas that was still fixated on this whole idea of the moral life that he had. Now, yeah. he didn't necessarily want it. But at the same time, it was very much, I mean, a lot of Arthas's stuff comes back to that whole idea of, I don't know exactly how you'd put it, but not regret so much as, you know, yes, I did this and you would have done, you would have done it too. Trying to prove justification. It. Yeah. 
the, the whole bit with like um he was trying to justify his life and everything that he had done with it yeah definitely i would definitely agree with that so would the people of of the shadowlands be down with what arthas was going to do probably not but no it didn't seem like he was tremendously concerned with that if he even knew about where his power was coming from it definitely didn't seem to be something he was and i don't think nerzol would have been like you know sharing that information willingly either if he even had it yeah. Because, you know, keep in mind, it was Kill Jaden who put Nirzul in that hat. And Kill Jaden, not a Sherry type, you know? Where did no. you get this hat? Oh, you know, as, as you're torturing a guy, like, until he's literally flayed away all his mortality and stuck the rest into a magic hat, they're not having chats, you know? He's not like, oh, so what did you do this weekend? Oh, corrupted some planets, you? You were torturing me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was. Anyway, get in the hat. You know, it's, it's <laughs> not what they were doing. Anyway, get in the hat. <laughs> Is that a conversation between Kiljane and Nerzul, or just an unfortunate discussion between a magician and his rabbit? Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and go to the next question here, though. This one is from Starhammer on Realm Magtheridon, who says, Good evening. I'm a proud patron, and I've loved your show for years. How do we know that the Shadowlands is the real afterlife? This is the first we've heard of it. Obviously, you can only hear of it if you're dead, but shouldn't we be suspicious of this new mysterious plane of existence that Sylvanas has led us to? Best regards, uh, Starhammer. It isn't actually the first we've heard of the Shadowlands. Uh, no. If you're a Death Knight... If yeah. you played the original Death Knight starting zone, you get sent to the Shadowlands, and it's called the Shadowlands. Um, you're sent there to get a magic pony, a de- magic dead pony. Uh, and your first Death Knight mount was Press the Charger. Press 2 for horse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just remembering beta. <laughs> <laughs> what really was great is like, there's a, that one of the horsemen, I think Aranar the horseman or whatever his name is, is yeah. wandering around on a thing, and you have to basically kick his butt and take his horse. Mm-hmm. That's how you get it. You go in there, you kick this guy's butt, and you take his horse. And the thing is, he's a Death Knight too, so you're stealing another Death Knight's horse. You're stealing a dead Death Knight's horse. Yeah. So you go in there and you steal this horse and you come back with it and you've now you've got a dead horse and you ride around on it. You know, you've literally beaten a dead horse because he, he's riding on the horse when you first start fighting him. So, yeah, you totally do. Uh, the, you beat a dead uh, horse. Just to, just to divert for a second here and squirrel a little bit. The press two for horse thing was because back in beta, you had like an action bar once you got on the horse and it was really unclear what you had to do to deliver the horse. So people were riding around on this mount that wasn't actually a mount. It was like a vehicle. Um, and yep. we weren't really sure what vehicles were at that point because Wrath was the first time that they were really introduced. So people had no idea what they were supposed to be doing to get the stupid horse. And people were lined up and they kept asking in the channel, how do I get the horse? How do I get the horse? So people just started replying, press two for horse. And they would just repeat that in channel endlessly on beta. Um, and to to the point where somebody actually made a guild called Press 2 for Horse in all and there caps. Was an actually, there was an add-on that's only purpose was to be used yeah. during this quest so you could press 2 for Horse. Yeah. That was what, that's how widespread this was. Yeah, and 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 there, the guild, the guild, it just said Press 2 for Horse. Like, that was the name of the guild. And they had a guy who would just stand there waiting for people that were coming to complete the quest so that they knew to press two for the horse. <laughs> Beta was really... I can't wait. Uh, that's the other thing that excites me about Shadowlands is it's like, ah, yes, another Beta. I love Beta. 
I love Jada. They're so screwy. <laughs> I, I love will, it. I will never forget watching my wife play the Burning Crusade beta. Oh yeah. And seeing like a box come up. Oh, in, the Doom in, Cubes. Yes, the Doom Cubes. Like this blue and white checked box coming up, and there's this loud noise, and you're like, "What the heck is that?" And then <laughs> she dies. It's instantly. the Doom Cube. Yeah. 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 There's also uh, there's there was... another bug story I'm gonna tell really fast because this mm-hmm. one's hilarious. Uh, I was reading about this. There was, there was a Twitter thread recently. I don't know if you saw it, like Game Dev saying, you know, infamous. Oh, the Death Bear. Out. Are you talking about the Death the Bear? The Death Bear. Yeah, the, the Death, Death Bear, bear yeah. was great. Uh, apparently, there was a bear that was just hanging out in Ashenvale, and people. No, it was in a Rathi. It was in a Rathi. Okay. Yeah. And it would just kill. It would just kill you instantly. Yeah. Like it would look at you and you would die. And everybody was like, "What? How is this bear doing this? I'm like level seventy. This bear. How is this bear killing me?" And it turned out. They they changed the number so its attack speed was instead of being a one, its attack speed was point zero zero one, which meant it could attack a thousand times in a second. So it didn't matter how good you were because by the time you even saw the bear, it had hit you a thousand times, and you were just dead instantly. Yeah. The the funny part is that there was the death bear in Arathi, and then for a little while there, the uh, the fell reavers that were out in Hellfire Peninsula. They had bear skins. Yeah, I remember that. Because they didn't have an actual skin. So it was just like this bear that was walking along this blighted landscape. And you'd be watching this bear and it's walking real slow. And you're like, what's going, what's with the bear? And then you'd hear the noise. (laughs) Like the terrifying filthy noise. And you go, what is that? And then you would die. (laughs) Yeah, the problem was that even though the bear was still the size of a normal bear, the fell reaver still a fell reaver so it still had that same range was yeah yeah. it's aggro range and hitbox were enormous you didn't even like sometimes you didn't even see the bear before it was hitting you no you you just hear the noise and be like what's going on and then you'd be dead and it'd be bears were just a thing to be feared in the beta for burning (laughs) okay yeah we've we've covered this uh shadowlands did in fact exist before this this is not the first time we've heard of them this is not the, the 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 stuff we're hearing about them is new, yeah. but not that they exist. We knew that already. They're yeah. even in the the chronicle, so it's not a brand new place. It's just it's just the details surrounding it. So yeah, this isn't something that Sylvanas has just made up, and we aren't going walking into a trap or well, I mean, we might be walking into a trap anyway because we don't know what's there. But regardless, the Shadowlands are actually a thing, so you don't have to worry about that part. Um, I'm going to jump down the last email on the list here just because I figured we would go ahead and answer this one. Uh, This says, Hi guys, I'm Abil on PlayStation Network. I'm assuming that's what PSN is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he says, Love the show, listen often. I know the lore of Overwatch is a bit scarce, but I was hoping you could help answer my question. During the Junkenstein event, we hear a couple characters ask Torbjorn about his missing arm. He says he lost it battling a dragon. Since this is Earth in some future, are we to believe that dragons have become a part of the world? Or is this just a name given to some tech resembling a dragon? Will we see dragons appear in Overwatch too? Thanks in advance and keep up the good work. Well, The Junkenstein so, event is it's, not actually it's like a fictional it's like a fictional universe kind of thing that's going on once explained it that like junkenstein event is like junk it's junk rat telling a story to someone about roadhog or something yeah yeah it's like what junk rat thinks frankenstein is about or something like that it's it's not meant to be part of overwatch's established lore 
So if anyone says anything during that event, it's not really canon. So although I think it would be awesome if there was a giant mecha dragon that showed up during one of these things. I want some... giant dragon mechs. I think that would be yeah. rad. Enormous omnic robo dragon. I'd be totally down for it. As far as I know, they don't have those. Sadly. I, I feel kind of bad now. And but... and I will say sadly because, yeah, I, I think if you asked Torbjorn about his missing arm, like in outside of the Junkenstein event, like if you just asked him about it, I have a feeling he might tell you the same thing, but he'd just be joking around. <laughs> and that would be his joke answers. <laughs> I lost it battling a dragon. Now leave me alone, kid. You're bothering me. No, he wouldn't also, say that because he has so many kids. <laughs> I am actually a dwarf from World of Warcraft. Literally, yeah. I am actually a refugee from Azeroth. <laughs> I, lost anyway. it. I lost it on Azeroth battling a dragon. Uh, okay, let, let's go ahead and squeeze in this one last email that we've got here because why not? Um, this one is from Julian, a.k.a. Baragorn of Cadgar, who says, Hey, folks, just curious how older content will work in Shadowlands. As a 120, I could go back to Pandaria and essentially solo everything. After hitting the max cap of 60 in Shadowlands, will we suddenly get a boost to doing older, quote-unquote, older content dungeons? I don't recall if Blizzard said how that will work. Baragorn. Um, I'm going to go ahead and answer that one, because they did. Mm-hmm. They, they mentioned how it would work. They... They haven't figured out the mechanics of it precisely, but they did say that you will be able to go back and and finish everything that you need to finish. Like, you will be able to go back and solo the things you need to solo. Yeah, we just don't know how. We don't know if it's going to be massive boosts when you're there. We don't know how it's going to work. We just know that they've said it will still be solo. They haven't figured it out yet. They haven't figured out exactly how that's going to work. But again, they haven't figured out, like... There's other stuff that they haven't figured out and haven't addressed, like how is flying going to work when you're lower level, that kind of thing. Uh, They haven't figured out how that's going to work or how you're going to earn flying when you're in other places, that kind of thing. It's it's just it's not something that they have like mechanically sorted out just yet. Um, And this is one of those things. They did say that they don't intend for you to be it's not going to feel any different when you're max level you're going to be able to go back and you're going to be able to solo old content just like you can do right now um and it shouldn't feel any different than it does right now yeah i can say this much from the beta i i didn't get to do any old content or anything like that but it i definitely didn't feel weaker um so it, it seems like they're still on on track for that approach yeah well, i mean one of the easiest ways they could do it would be like basically an extrapolation of what we have now where when you go back to older content, you get a massive, you, you get a massive under the hood boost. Uh, so like if you take a, like if I take this level 120 character to Black Temple, the the boost I get is so massive that like I can make Black Temple effectively explode. Yeah, they, they're certainly something they could put in. Uh, I don't don't know exactly how they would do that. I but... imagine something to do with blah 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 scaling technology, blah blah phasing. I don't know. But yeah. they've got ways they can make it work. So I, I'm fairly confident that when they say, yeah, it's not going to feel any different, it's not going to feel any different. You're still going to be able to go solo the old stuff for transmog or whatever you want. I'm actually really hoping that one of the things they do is if they bump up Legion stuff so it's on the 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 uh, legacy loot system so that when you yeah. kill a Legion boss, they drop more stuff. Yeah, I That's, would be really happy about that because usually it's every two expansions ago that they because they did it for Warlords. Yeah, this Warlords right this now, expansion. Yeah. yeah. Um. So hopefully, hopefully that'll work. But that wraps us up for emails. 
that's also uh, going to wrap us up for the show here. So um, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. And again, guys, if you have an email for the show, uh, please send it either to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with a subject line podcast or blizzardwatch or head over to our Discord server and go to you know patrons queue and podcast questions and ask it there. Uh, we really appreciate getting them. So thank you guys so much for that. This has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Thank you so much for being here and we'll be here next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.